Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And God bless you. Good evening and welcome to our Spread the Bread Bible class on tonight. Amen. Where the word of God comes alive. Hallelujah. We honor God on tonight and we thank God for an opportunity to share um, share his word with you. To God be all the glory. We honor and thank God for our senior leaders, Apostle Willie Tauber, Apostle Mamie Tauber, and our lead pastor, Stephen Tauber, and to my awesome husband of 31 years, Pastor Hector Foy. Amen. Amen. We honor him today as well. Blessings to you all. God is so faithful. He is so good. He's loving. And I have been blessed these Last few months, I have to say, by the word, always blessed by the word, but it was something special about what God's been speaking to us. Amen. These past several weeks, especially. But I tell you, the word has been so on point and I'm super in awe of God. I love him so much because um, he is just just so awesome. He never leaves us stranded or or we or have us feeling abandoned. He continues to show up even when we cannot see how things are going to work out in the natural. So for that, I give him glory. And for that, I give him praise. I tell you, if you missed the services on Sunday, you truly missed the treat. You definitely want to go back and look at those uh, teachings, those sermons. Amen. 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 And also, before we even get started in the word, we want you to go ahead and share this broadcast um, for this Bible lesson, you definitely want to um, tag somebody on tonight. Get them on the line. Get them on this feed. They need to hear what thus saith the Lord on tonight, what God wants us to know on tonight, what he wants to say to us, what he wants to teach us. So go ahead, take that uh, minute now to share, like, comment, put blessings in the, in the, in the chat, let people know that you are listening in to Yes, Lord Ministries. Amen. Amen. I tell you, the Lord has really um, been impressing upon me that the people of God, it's just time for us to just get completely delivered and be totally obedient to God. We just get to that place where we will check ourselves to make sure we're in right standing with God. Amen. 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 Listen, this lesson tonight came to me first. So I am just um, just in awe of God, and he just won't let me let that Galatians 5 go, people of God. I tell you, I've been trying to move on from that, but God has me staying right there in that chapter 5 of Galatians. The Lord just was speaking to me about us being the bride of Christ and how his bride is supposed to be preparing for his coming, right? But we are so busy indulging ourselves, and um, we're just... We got to get back on track, back in position, people. God, God is saying the same thing. He's been saying the same thing for the past couple of months. And um, God just said to me, daughter, I need my people to let go of their worldly and sinful ways. Now, I immediately asked God, said, sinful? Like, sinful ways? And he said, he replied, yes. He said, sinful. Because some of the things are not sinful, um, but they are not good for us either as his sons and daughters. And then there are um, those that are engulfed, fully engulfed in worldly ways, which has them on a sinful track. So the Lord showed me a, um, a vision of flesh burning. And he had me watch the flesh begin um, to take another form. And it was as if he was saying that's the flesh trying to cry out for more. Um, 
but the flesh we need to make sure we ask God for more of him. Amen. Amen. So tonight we're going to talk about um, the entanglement. <laughs> I'm just going to give it to give you the topic now. Somebody go ahead and put it in the chat. The entanglement. The entanglement. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and we give you glory. We just magnify your name. We thank you for this opportunity on tonight to share your word. God, we thank you. People have come to hear your word. We thank you right now for those that they shall share this with so they too can be blessed by, uh, by your word and get clarity and direction on what they need to do in this time, this season. So God, we thank you. And we just give you praise, glory, and honor because you are so merciful, God. And for that, we tell you, thank you. Thank you for giving us direction. Thank you for caring for us enough to, to correct us, oh God. So God, we thank you. Help us to use wisdom in this season. And we just say yes to your will and yes to your way. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray to God be all the glory. Hallelujah. Come on, you could give God a praise right there where you are. I know it's Bible class night, but we can give God glory. You know how we do. Yes, but we praise him. We hear God. We don't, you know, try to do anything no certain way. We do it God's way. Amen. Amen. So we just give God glory on tonight. Turn to your Bible. Like I said, we are still in Galatians 5. I have to say that this is really a portion of um, a larger, uh, I guess, study that I'm doing on the flesh and the spirit. So like I said, tonight we're going to talk about the entanglement. The entanglement. Amen. Amen. Um. Let me just get here. So Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Let's read that together. If you have your Bible, you can read that along with me on tonight. I'm reading out the King James Version. Galatians 5, 19 through 21. And it reads, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, hatred, I'm sorry, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Let me read that last part again. It says that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So again, we're talking about the entanglement, the work works of the flesh. Amen. The works of the flesh. Hallelujah. So let's get into the word on tonight. Amen. We're excited because God is just giving us clarity again and direction on um, some things. So we are grateful for his word. Just to um, reiterate and remind you in case you did not hear the last time that I um, ministered on a similar topic or a topic from Galatians 5, I should say. 
the flesh, the last time we ministered, we talked about the flesh and the definition. We emphasize that the flesh is not about skin, but is about human nature. As, um, as mankind, we have tendencies and thoughts. As believers, we have, we have to say on who wins the tug of war. <laughs> we decide that we will engage in the entanglement. The term entanglement, I'm sure you have heard of it. I'm sure you are familiar with the term entanglement. It refers to an affair or a temporary relationship between two people. The term has been used several times. And in my study, when um, you are in an entanglement, the relationship is unbalanced, it said. It is also a military term uh, referring to a snare or a trap. An entanglement is a dysfunctional, let's be clear, it's a dysfunctional, dysfunctional, painful, inharmonious interaction that either party feels they need to survive. An entanglement sucks the very life out of you. One writer states that often we find people get into an entanglement when they move from relationship to relationship without giving ourselves time to heal. Uh, once, once things, one thing about God, I should say, he gives us the option to choose, but our choice can bring consequences. Amen. How many know that our choices can bring consequences? Come on, put that in the chat. My choices can have consequences. We need to understand that and remember that. Amen. The entanglement, the works of the flesh. Amen. Amen. We decide. And unfortunately, we often allow our flesh to dictate and or influence us. Uh, we do the wrong things. We end up in the wrong places with the wrong person. Come on. How many have been in that place? I'm going to tell on myself. How many have been in a place where you know you was with the wrong person? Amen. You know you was in the wrong place with the wrong person. Sometimes you're in the right place with the wrong person. <laughs> That's an entanglement. The works of the flesh got you there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The flesh is not secluded to one or two parts of us. And the flesh is just not about sexual stuff. Sometimes we get it twisted. We think we hear works of the flesh. We automatically go to sexual things. It's ourselves that is flesh. We were born and shaped in iniquity, but we tend to think sexual when it comes to discussing the flesh and entanglements, especially because of recent things that's been on the news about entanglements. We also learned last time that when you take the H in the flesh out, you get the word self spelled backwards. That is what this flesh is all about. You being selfish, me being selfish, right? You are thinking only of yourself. Uh, in Galatians, Paul already been down the entanglement path. He has been there and done that. He had the struggle. Matter of fact, he still acknowledges the struggle. You know, he mentioned the thorn in his flesh in 2 Corinthians uh, 12. He mentioned that thorn in his flesh. And Paul wants to make sure we know he is far from perfect. Amen. Come on. We're, we're not perfect and we're far from it. But we have the ability to make the right decisions. We have the authority to choose holiness. We have been graced with freedom in Christ. So, so don't uh, live in bondage. No reason for us to live in bondage. Paul tells us that. He says, don't be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. He talks about that in the beginning of um, the chapter. Don't fall prey to the entanglement. Amen. 
Come on, somebody put in the chat. Pray that you don't fall prey to the entanglement. Pray, P-R-A-Y, that you don't fall prey, P-R-E-Y, to the entanglement. Think about a trap that is set for an animal. And once they know about the trap um, and are not ensnared, they avoid the trap. Have you ever seen that on movies and things like that? And um, they'll sense out a trap is set or they may have seen someone uh, or animal before be, get trapped by the trap. And then they learn uh, with how to navigate that space. And then they'll tell the other, <laughs> other animals, don't go that way. And they avoid the trap because they don't want them to get in the trap. I was researching spider webs and how they can look so beautiful. Let me tell you right now, my husband will tell you, I don't like bugs. And I definitely don't like spiders. <laughs> Do not like them. Don't want to see them. Don't want to really talk about them. But for this purpose tonight, we're going to talk about the spider web. And I was researching that. And they look so beautiful and silky and shiny, depending on how the light is hitting them. And as I was looking up different images of spider webs, it's so true, but some of them are so beautiful. But because I know it was done by a spider, <laughs> I don't want to even hear about the beauty of it. But they are designed by the creature that is looking to trap his prey, P-R-E-Y. The webs are successful because of the way they are designed. They have certain strength and weight ratio. Isn't that something? The spiders know this. They know exactly how to build these webs to catch their prey. The spider has it all planned out. It is enticing for the prey because it mesmer is mesmerized by its beauty. And the prey doesn't know that the spider has spit. He spits on the web, causing it to be sticky to trap them so the spider can come and sting them with its, with its, its venom. See, that's how the enemy gets us. The Bible tells us that he, you know, seeks us out, you know, seeking whom he may devour. And we have to realize that on a daily basis that when we go through certain things, when we're enticed by certain things, when we see certain things that we like, that we feel we want, that we desire, um, but they're not of God, right? Or God is not pleased, but we still yet want to please our flesh instead of pleasing God. That is the trick of the enemy. He is preying on us, P-R-E-Y. He's preying on us. Again, the prey doesn't know a lot of times what's ahead. That's why we have to be connected to the Holy Spirit so he can lead and guide us. You see that thing, that, that thing that is enticing you just may be a trap. You said yes to what seems to be a small ax, but then here comes the venom. <laughs> Someone's like put in the chat, watch out for the web. Watch out for the web. Even when you look around your house sometimes, you'll see, um, you look in the corner and you're like, where did that come from? Like a little web or something be in the corner. That means that area needs to be dusted. And the Lord was talking to me about that. Even with us, we have to check ourselves. We, my husband and I, we do what we call a love check. You know, we check our love for each other. We check our relationship just to see, make sure we're on the same page. And we need to do that. We need to do a, a check, a spiritual check on ourselves to make sure we are still in line with the Holy Spirit, that we are not falling prey to the enemy, that we are not allowing cobwebs to form um, on our mind, you know, um, in terms of our spiritual thought process, right? We have to make sure we do a check. Come on, somebody say check. Check yourself. 
do a spiritual check. So the works of the flesh, let's look at this thing, this work, this, these works of the flesh, these works of the flesh. We're talking about the entanglements, the work of the flesh. Let's look at this for a moment here. Um, the first one that's listed here, it says adultery. It says now uh, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery. That's the first one. One of the most destructive sins of our day is adultery. One of the primary reasons for divorce is adultery. <laughs> adultery is breaking of marriage vows. It leads to the breaking of hearts, the breaking of homes, the breaking of individuals. It's forbidden by the seventh commandment. Adultery sexual relations in which at least one participant is married to someone. Adultery is a work of the flesh. The Bible states, do not commit adultery. <laughs> in Exodus, in Leviticus, to some who say that's the Old Testament, it says it in Luke. <laughs> the matter of fact, it's talking about it in Galatians, adultery. <laughs> you know, Matthew 5 and 28 tells us that if you look on a woman, right? If you look and lust after her, you already committed adultery in your heart. So look at that. So some of us are walking around committing adultery every day because we look and we're quick to say, you know, quick to say, but um, I'm just looking. We're quick to say that. Adultery is an entanglement. Somebody say, don't do it. Let's look at fornication. And I'm going to be going through these quickly because I know we have, we're on a time and we want to make sure we get through these. Um, but like I said, this is, this will be, um, a teaching that I will continue to do at some later date. Fornication, voluntarily sexual intercourse between persons not married to each other. And the word uh, pornea refers to any and all sexual activity that happens outside the context of God's design of marriage, including but not restricted to pornography, extramarital sexual intercourse or any other sexual activity that does not honor Christ. This is why it's so important to be careful what you allow into your eye gates, your ear gates, what you entertain in your thought process. We have allowed mainstream TV and entertainment to rule our homes, our thoughts, our relationships. You know, God never said his bride was to uh, was free to do whatever. <laughs> think about that now i'm married and if i just decide one day you know i'm just gonna go out here and do whatever my husband would look i'm crazy if i just said well honey i'm gonna go out here and i'm gonna go sleep at um uh, billy john's house over down the street over here i'm gonna stay over there i'm gonna sleep in his bed the devil is a liar <laughs> he's like no you're not <laughs> you know god is looking for a bride that's going to be holy that's going to reference him that's going to be obedient that is going to follow his plan. Romans 129 tells us being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, with all that stuff. You know, the world has made fornication normal. It's not normal, people of God. But we have to remember uh, that we that following Christ, that we're not normal, we're peculiar. So whereas fornication may be normal for the world because they're worldly, they're sinners. We don't expect, we expect that of sinners. But remember, Paul is talking to the body of Christ. He's talking to, he's talking to us. He's telling us this. 
Why is he tell why does he have to tell the saved, sanctified, holy ghost filled folk not to commit adultery, not to commit uh fornication? Why is he telling us that? Because he knows this flesh is a mess. He knows that we have desires and there is and, and, and tendencies to do the things that are not of God. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. We have to remember that. We operate from a place of the supernatural. We walk by faith and not by sight. So we are not supposed to be entangled with the world. Romans 12 tells us that in the world, like we said, but not of the world. So we have to get, so we don't get to do whatever. Somebody put in the chat, avoid the entanglement. Avoid the works of the flesh. Avoid the works of the flesh. Avoid the works of the flesh. You know, um, be in an entanglement will being in an entanglement will embarrass you. It will strip you down if you're not careful. So fornication is the work of the flesh. It's an entanglement, people of God. Amen. Somebody put that in the chat. It's an entanglement. Hallelujah. Let's look at another um, work of the flesh: uncleanness. Now, we're not talking about you didn't clean your, you know, your house today, even though we should be clean. We should be cleaning our house. Yes, that's important. <laughs> but we're talking about impurity. Here, Paul is concerned about moral impurity that soils our lives and separates us from God. This impurity has a more vast meaning. It is more than sexual. It includes all that defiles us and keeps us from being in right relationship with God. You can be around people who every time you turn around, they got a cuss word coming out. <laughs> they foul mouth. And some people say a sailor mouth. You know, I, I thank God for those who respect the office, respect um, the people of God. When, you know, you walk into a place, somebody's having a conversation, they say, oh, excuse me. Oh, I'm sorry, they apologize, or they'll stop talking, that kind of thing, because they know they're talking about something they really shouldn't anyway. I just find, and I thank God for the for the reverence. I thank God for them honoring uh, the office. I get that, and I understand that people honor who you are. But at the same time, they don't realize that, but yet they still have not changed. And again, because they are not saved, not a part of the household of faith, we expect that of them. But we do not expect to hear blanka blanka out of the mouth of a Christian. And we're living in a day and time where you have people teaching that it's okay. Some are not even saying, ask God to forgive me. They're just saying, oh, yeah, you know, you, we're, we're still human. We're still in this flesh. We're not perfect. They don't even say, ask God to forgive you. They just say, you know, it's okay to, to, to curse because I was mad. <laughs> You know, if we all walked around and said, I'm doing this because I was bad, because um, I felt like it, um, because someone told me to. Could you imagine what kind of world we would live in? Amen. So we don't get to live in, in pure lives because, of, because that's what we want to do. And then we want to look at this, this next um, entanglement, this next work of the flesh. It's called lasciviousness, wantonness, and it's readiness for any pleasure, lewdness, 
but also refers to, get this, unrestrained violence. I just find this very interesting that um, the Lord will bring this up now because we're dealing with a lot of this even in media, in the in the news. They're talking about a lot of, you've ever heard of so much violence where you have our young people knocking down our senior citizens, hitting them over the head, knocking them down on the ground. I mean, things like that. You're like, what is going on? What is this world coming to? There was a time we reverenced and respected our seniors and now we're hitting them over the head and knocking them down. This is the kind of stuff we have to be unrestrained violence, a callous runaway passion for pleasure at any cost. And they joke and, and they joke and run and laugh after they've done it. Runaway passion for pleasure at any cost, lust that cares nothing for what others think. That sounds like Sodom and Gomorrah. Because we have all kinds of things going on now. Now you can turn on the TV. And before where certain things, I know we have um, little ones in the rooms at our homes and things like that. So we're going to you know, be mindful of that. But we have so, so many things going on on the television now that um, people are doing straight out. I mean, we don't even cover our eyes anymore. It's like we have we have become numb to it. It's be a time we, when we was going to, we were, our parents were fast forward, fast forward past stuff or go cover our eyes now. It's nothing to see this stuff on television. And it's on a regular basis, not just cable. I'm talking about regular TV. <laughs> Amen. We have to be careful. I remember when my children were little, um, there was a show on Nickelodeon. I'm, yep, I'm calling them out. And I was very surprised because we thought back then that was one of the stations you thought you could, you know, at least be safe watching that. And I remember I was doing some cleaning, but I was in the room. And I all of a sudden I heard um, the person like offering them the world. Like, if you do this, I'll give you this. Just like, you know, like the devil does, right? They call us up giving them. And I said, the devil is a liar. And was teaching that even the children then at a young age, if you give up your soul, I will give you this. And you can have that and this. And I turned that television off so fast, just began the warfare. So I just could... I just really, at that point, I could not believe that that would be on a show for children. We And so now it's really have gotten way out of control. I was talking to a couple of parents, even though yesterday I was talking to a parent and she was saying the same thing, how the, the schools are sending letters home and letting them know what they're going to teach their children. If you don't sign this, then you, I said, why not do the opposite? Why not put the other ones out? <laughs> the classroom <laughs> you know i'm just saying don't you know don't nobody write no letters <laughs> okay but it's just interesting that it's flipped like that so you know we can't no longer say i want what i want i'm not hurting no one this is the work of the flesh it's an entanglement somebody say stop it <laughs> we need to tell ourselves to stop it people of god we are operating in flesh. We're allowing our flesh to grow. We're growing our flesh. That's what we're doing on a daily basis when we operate um, in these works of the flesh. Then let's look at the word idolatry. And a lot of times we look at idolatry as worshiping graven images. You know, that's what we grew up, you know, with the um, don't worship graven images. But it's so much more than that. When we put anything, anything, or anyone, before God or in place of God, 
idolatry is at work. Remember, Paul is talking to the church. So that means the people of God are creating gods in our own image, according to our own desires, constructing our own theology <laughs> to rationalize and justify the way we want to live. Come on, I'm telling you what I know. <laughs> people have gotten to a place where they say, well, I want to do this, then this is okay. If I want to do that, then that is okay. <clears throat> For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. That came from 1 Samuel 15 and 23. See this, see, see what I'm saying? It, it's, it's no respect to person. This comes from, I don't care what your title is, or how long you've been saved. We all have these tenets and we have to be careful. We have to check it to make sure we are not operating in the work of the flesh. Idolatry is a work of the flesh. We had a um, conversation. I'm on a, another platform um, and we was talking about um, things like smoking and drinking, things that we grew up with. You know, we, we come from... Um, a strong background foundation where you going to bust wide, hell wide open. It was preaching the pulpit constantly. And, and it would tell you why, but if you were doing these things, you, these were going, this was going to send you to hell. Now, one thing that I, I, I know is that certain things we leave, well, we leave everything to God. Well, he has the final say, but some things were like that. Like I said, when the Bible signed, we are signed with it. You know, we don't try to make up nothing. But one thing about it, even some things that are not sin can definitely put, put space between us and God. Everything is not a sin, but everything that's not a sin don't mean make it, make it right. So we have to watch ourselves and be careful that we're not automatically saying, well, God didn't say that was a sin. But some things we know are not right, but we do them anyway. Because if they're not feeding us the right way, if they're not growing us spiritually, we have to be careful of the time that we spend doing it, right? So let's look at the next one, witchcraft. Now, we quick to talk about that one, though. The Greek word uh, pharmakia literally means the use of drugs. It is the root uh, word from which pharmacy comes from, actually. That is why we don't mess with drugs and spirits and palm reading, horoscope gazing. You know, sorcery and witchcraft is the human way of trying to control God. That's really what it is, to compel God to fit into our plan. You know, like, I'm going to make this happen. You know, that's why people say about the universe, God made the universe. It's not the universe, but it's God. But we know that it is, you know, that um, it's not possible for a, a witchcraft to make God do anything. The spirit of God doesn't play in the sandbox with the flesh. Okay, somebody put in the chat, witchcraft is the work of the flesh. I want y'all to remember that. Witchcraft is the work of the flesh. It's an entanglement. It's an entanglement. Amen, amen. And these next series, these next this next list here, um, it can uh, profitably be lumped together because they describe sins in the human relationships. Um, things like hatred, right? Uh, 
and we know what hatred is, but sometimes we'll say they use that term. That's just, we grew up not being able to say, I hate you. You couldn't say that. That's such a strong term. People say it. It's like a joke now. It's like a, it's like a thing to say to the young people. I hate you. They mean it like in a loving way. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, hate is not a loving word. Um, so we can't just go with what the world is doing. So now we pick up these little things from the world. But hatred is loathing, disgust, you know, um, variance. That's another, that's another work of the flesh. But we're talking about inconsistency, right? Restlessness, contention, being fickle. See, these things, we don't think about these other things. We often want to go right to the, the, the sex sins, right? <laughs> we want to call those sins. But we don't think about stuff like hatred and jealousy and wrath and anger and strife. We don't think about all those things. We don't think about um, um, seditions. Um, and and, and what's, what's that? We just had that excite, incitement, right? Those are works of the flesh. I, can't, yeah, I, mean, I don't know how people realize that when all that was happening. It's a work of the flesh. We have to realize that some of the things we do on a daily basis is our flesh. We're not, we're not walking in the spirit like we should. Apostle uh, Willie Tauber and Apostle Mamie Tauber often talk, and Pastor Steve Tauber, we often talk about how we should see more miracles, signs, and wonders. If we continue to work out this flesh, we're not going to see it because we're growing our flesh. I'm too tired. It don't take all that. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. But we want to do all the fleshly stuff. And again, it's not that everything is sin. It's not a sin to go to the movies, but you shouldn't be going to the movies every day and you're not reading your word. That's all I'm saying. You're not growing your spiritual side. How are you going to fight off the enemy if you don't um, if you don't grow your spiritual side of you? If you don't grow your what you if you don't grow in the spirit, that's really what it is. One of the things I thought about during this um, past two years, even through the the pandemic and everything like that, I wonder how many people really change their habits over the pandemic, like. Do you read your Bible more? Do you pray more? Do you study your word more? You know, do you walk in obedience more? When God wakes you up two or three, I think Apostle Wood was just talking about this. When God wakes you up two or three o'clock in the morning, do you get up and pray? Or do you just roll over and say, I don't feel like it, I'm tired? After all we've been through over these past couple of years, I will hope that the people of God, if anybody, have strengthened themselves in the spirit realm, that they can fight off the enemy so that you can stand in the evil day. And when you all done else, done everything else, you can still stand. You know, I will hope that we wake up every day with our armor on. After all we've been through, after all we've seen, after all we have experienced, it is my prayer. I have to believe that we are doing these things, that we are not allowing the works of the flesh. But when I think about what God has been speaking, <laughs> and again, Apostle Wittaka often says this. He says that God brings things back around for a reason. Either we didn't get the lesson the first time or he needs to reiterate it. So people of God, it's important that we look at ourselves and we say, in this list of these works of the flesh, where do I fall? 
Now, am I walking in strife, jealousy, anger, wrath? Am I fickle? Do I have hatred in my heart? Am I committing adultery, fornication? Am I operating in witchcraft? Am I looking at my horoscope every day? Or am I dependent on God? Am I praying and asking God to work it out? Does my house and my car, my spouse come before God? We have to ask ourselves that. And then you have um, other things that we're going to that we're going to talk about too. So when Paul Paul was addressing the church, as we said earlier, and there was a special emphasis on fellowship of the body, which was threatened by hatred. All these things. See, this is why this is how the enemy uses um, us against each other. In the church, even in the church, you see more arguments and um, people just being envious and jealous and all kinds of things going on inside the church. It's a tactic to keep us from um, being unified in the spirit. It's just a tactic. He's trying to trap us in his web. And some of us have been stung by the venom. <laughs> and, we're, and we're going around saying, you know, I'm not going back to church. I've been hurt by the church. I don't like the pastor. That sister didn't treat me right. That brother looked at me funny. You know, we are allowing the enemy to, uh, to um, take precedence in our life because we can combat that stuff. We can fight back on that. We don't have to allow uh, the enemy to put those things in our thoughts, but we cannot entertain them. They, they'll, they may come, we don't have to entertain them and allow them to grow. And then we walk around with that and it festers in our heart. And then we start to have strife and wrath and all those things in our heart. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The entanglement, talking about the works of the flesh. So here, I'm almost done. The word translated Heresy deserves a special note. Let me just go here for a second. The Greek word um, heresies and the original and originally had a, a good connotation, actually. It came from the root, which means to choose, and was used for any band of people who shared a common belief. Applied to religion, it meant a sect or party. The application of the word, not a party in terms of um, dancing, things like that, but just in terms of um, what's up, the word like a sect, having a certain a certain group, right, right. And later than the New Testament, therefore, the translation "party spirit" best captures what Paul was talking about. So he called it a party spirit. <laughs> Okay, so the problem here was twofold. And I'm reading um, this from a commentary, this portion here, because I thought this was very interesting. Rival ambition in the church group. See, this, we just got finished talking about that, how the enemy wants to start arguments and fights and carrying on. I remember there was a period where I, every time I turned around, it was a certain church. Always had people outside fighting. Like every Sunday was a fight. And I was like, what is that? That's a spirit. That's a spirit. And the desire of some to make their own variety of Christian experience 
the norm of everyone. An example of this is, you know, sometime in Apostle Mammy Todd would talk about this before about if we can just agree that Jesus is Lord and the souls need to be saved. You know, not so much uh, worrying about who's speaking in tongue and who's not speaking in tongue and, you know, how this one was baptized, how that was baptized. If we can just um, get the, the foundation, Jesus is Lord and that souls need to be saved, that would be a big move right there. But instead, we have these heresies going on and, and you have people coming in trying to teach their own religion. Amen. Amen. And you have envy and murders. And it's interesting how they put those together and murders. Because a lot of times, that's what happens. People become jealous and envious. Because when you're envious of something, you want what somebody else has. Right? When you're jealous, that means you have fear. That somebody's going to take something from you. Think about it. When you have a, a relationship and you're jealous of um, someone else because they're they're talking to your spouse or talking to your boyfriend or talk whatever, we have to be careful of that. But at the same time, we have to use wisdom on who we talk to. So because envy will cause us to harbor malice and ill will. See, all these things are connected. All these things are connected. If you study each one of these, you'll find that they kind of, some of them overlap. So we have to be mindful of what we have in our hearts at all times. Because what's in our heart is going to come out. <laughs> it's going to come out. It's, you can could, you could hide, you can fake it but for so long. Sometimes people say fake it till you make it. You can't fake it till you make it because you're not going to make it faking it. Amen. We're talking about the entanglement, hallelujah, the entanglement, the works of the flesh. So let me just um, go through a few more and then uh, we should be, we'll be able to wrap this up for this time. Okay, so to envy, and we talked about envy already. Now, drunkenness, okay, <laughs> and um, rivalry or, or revelings. And before that, we talked about murder a little bit. And one of the things I've noticed too is a lot of murders even in certain places where people say they don't really ever hear about murders in that area. And that's, again, that's a buildup of the works of the flesh. Because as you continue to indulge, continue to um, allow these things to um, grow in your house, in your house, your physical house, your body, right? This temple that we live in, things begin to fester. And a lot of people, like I said before, people harbor, people hold on to things, let things fest and grow inside. And the next thing you know, the spirit of murder can attach itself. Amen. Drunkenness and rivalry. Come on, let's look right there. They call those twin flesh workers. I said, my God. Twin flesh workers. Having kept company with each other. See, they done kept company with each other because you know once you get drunk. And that's interesting because someone asked me that so what's wrong with having a drink what's wrong with uh christians drinking and listen and they said well i'm not getting drunk but i look at it this way how does it make you feel is it altering you at all your thought process some people say well i just feel kind of uh, warm inside well that's the problem you know <laughs> like that's altering and they tell you when you drink don't drive don't make, you know, any like big decisions, all this kind. So my question is, why do you want to alter yourself? 
why you want that warm fuzzy feeling inside <laughs> you know that makes you feel kind of lightheaded and then those who go and take it to the whole nother level and be as um i heard somebody say the other day they got stupid drunk i, I i'm thinking why would you want to be stupid that's what they called it i didn't call it that's what they said but i'm just like these things we don't think about it we we automatically just assume that it's okay but we don't think about the effects of the choices that we make or what we do or who's watching us the things that we say we say we love god we say we live we want to live and we say we want the greater we want more we want to see miracle signs and wonders we want all these things but yet we don't want to do anything that fosters that that um that allows us to see more miracle signs and wonders what we're doing is the opposite we're allowing the enemy to have more more of our space because everything on this list is dealing with the flesh Y'all can just go ahead and put amen in the chat. It's okay. <laughs> so I love when they refer to these as um, um, twin flesh work, work, workers. Because they have kept company with each other from the beginning of civilization. In Paul's day, as in ours, strong drink and rivalry go hand in hand, right? People have events, parties. That's what they're doing. They're drinking. You know, uh, having a good time, they say. That's why they said, yeah, we want to have a good time. So we need to, we want to have drinks. Social, you know, these things are socially approved. The difference is that in our day, though, they are far more destructive. Lives are maimed. People are being killed by drunk drivers. Um, this is a serious thing. And um, being devastated. Families disrupted and destroyed by you know, by alcoholism. And um, so it's not anything to take lightly, but the people of God have come to a point where they too want to participate in um, in the drunkenness because that's what it is. Um, when you boil down to it, most of the people don't just drink. If you're going to drink, they just don't have one drink. <laughs> And I and and that's and that's one of the things that we have conversations about. Like, what is it that causes you to even want the drink? That's just like with anything else. Gluttony is another thing. You know, like I said, you can't measure sins. We can't measure things that are saying, "Well, this is a bigger sin. This is a bigger work of the flesh." This is no disobedience is disobedience. Sin is sin, and we have to check ourselves. Those who practice such things, and I'm going to, let's look, let's, let's wrap this up. Verse 21 says, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. As the young people say, point blank, period. People of God, we all have evil desires and tendencies, and we cannot ignore them. We just can't. In order for us to follow the Holy Spirit, we have to deal with them. And I know sometimes we don't want to deal with us. It's not easy to deal with us. It's not easy to look in the mirror at yourself and see the ugliness. I'm be straight, frank. Be to see the ugliness, to see the dirtiness of what the things that we desire in our hearts, things that we do. We have to check our day to day. We have to look at how much time we are spending with God in comparison to our TV watching, our entertainment. And General Lloyd spoke something to me a while ago and said we could be so further, further, um, so further along. If we would just be obedient to God, if we would take 
the same time we put into the things of the natural, the things of the world, and we put in, and put that energy into the things of God. Paul wasted no words when he said, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry in Colossians 3 and 5. And the Hebrew author warned us also marriage. He talks about marriage as well. Marriage is to be held in honor among all in the manifest undefiled for the fornicates and adulterers God will judge. Um, these words mean little in our present culture. Um, where values are rooted in culture norms. And we have to understand that we as people of God, we can't be so wrapped up in uh, what, the word, what the world says norms should be. Um, and, it's, and it changes like the shifting wind. But for those of us who hold to the authority of scripture, there is a different standard as to how to discern uh, between what is acceptable and good and what is to be condemned and avoided, right? The apostle Paul warned the Roman church to not be conformed to this world. He said it, not to be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That was in Romans 12 and two. Paul understood that the world system, which we now live and as we await the um, consummation of Christ's kingdom has its own values that are constantly seeking to conform, right? Everything and everyone into its own image. Ironically, the very thing that God has been doing from the beginning of time, and there is no area where this cultural conformity is more graphically seen than as it relates to matters of sexuality. The Bible is not silent on the works of the flesh. It does not leave us to ourselves to figure out what it looks like. Paul is talking to the Corinthian church. And the Corinthian church has a reputation, but not one that you would want your church to have. Paul wrote and said, it is reported that there is immorality among you. Paul was not afraid to deal with it. And we can't be fearful either. Our English word pornography derives from pornea. We can't leave our children to themselves in their rooms with game systems, smart devices, and the television. There is too much for their eyes to see, their ears to hear, and their mind to take in. Then we wonder why we have the children going to school with guns, knocking down our scenes in the streets, open marriages, and all kinds of sexual lewdness. Husbands and wives out here talking about you can go, you can go out there and do whatever pleases you as long as you come home and pay the bills. The devil is a liar. <laughs> Schools are teaching our children to discover themselves in ungodly and unholy ways. We need to, we, you know, we, we, we really need a closed session. I'm sorry, we need a closed session uh, for this topic. Um, Lord have mercy, help me, because there's so many things I would love to say, but I know you can't just because of uh, our children, we can't just say it all we want to, but we need a session just talking about this alone. Um, parents, you need to, you know, take back the atmosphere. Take back the atmosphere in your home. Bust up in some doors, you know, and see what's going on. Our children would tell you when they, when they were growing up, they didn't have no privacy. <laughs> we did routine checks. I flipped over some mattresses, y'all. Opened up some drawers. Listen, their life depends on it. The enemy has a trap set. And we cannot be a hub for sin and the growth of flesh work in our homes. Come on, somebody put in the chat. Watch out for the entanglement. I, I have to stop. I have to stop right there. 
the entanglement, <laughs> the works of the flesh. I pray that you will take this and just do more study on it. It's just so much in this, but we just want to share just a little bit with you for now. Um, to God be all the glory. Come on, let's pray. Father, we just thank you and we give you all the glory on tonight. We thank you for this time that we had in your word. God, I pray that the people will not just be hearers, but do us also be aware. I pray, oh God, that they'll begin to uproot some things that are not like you, oh God. I pray, Father, that they will begin, oh God, to seek you like never before. I pray that they will begin to bust down the enemy, the door of the enemy and not allow him to grow and fester in their homes. I pray right now, God, they will get so in your word, God. Hallelujah. That it will open up their eyes, change their hearts, oh God, change their decisions on some things. Father, I thank you right now that husbands and wives begin to pray more together. Families will pray more together. God, I pray right now that you would just go with the children to school on, on this week, Father, even throughout this school year, God. God, I pray, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ, that we will begin to stir up those gifts that's within us, oh God, that we will not be lackadaisical, we will not be complacent, we will not be comfortable with things as they are, but God, we will begin to be movers and shakers in the kingdom. God, that when we wake up in the morning, the enemy already know that we mean business, that we are waking up fully armed on a daily basis. Hallelujah, with our spiritual armor on. So God, we just thank you and we give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. Let this word not fall on deaf ears, God. But God, I pray you will shake up your people, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ, that they will turn towards you, God. They will want more of you, more of your Holy Spirit, Father. Oh God, help us to walk in the spirit and not in this flesh, oh God. So we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Oh, God, I thank you, and I give you all the glory, and I give you all the praise, and God, we just love you. We appreciate you. We adore you. We magnify you. We lift you up, oh, God, and we thank you, oh, King of kings and Lord of lords. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray to God be all the glory. Amen. Amen. We thank you for your time on tonight. We pray that you will continue to study God's word. And see what God's word says to you for yourself. God bless you. We love you. And we will see you next time. God bless. Partner with YLM Financially using the following methods. Text giving. Text GIVE to 1-844-948-3895. GiveLify. Search for Yes Lord Ministries in Kenilworth, New Jersey. Our website. Visit www.ylmconnect.org and click donate. Cash app, dollar sign, yes, Lord M. Mail checks or money orders to Yes, Lord Ministries, P.O. Box 425, Union, New Jersey, 07083. You're invited to our Sunday morning virtual worship experience at 8.30 a.m. every Sunday night. At 6.30 p.m., join us for our Sunday night Ignite service. Every Wednesday morning from 5.30 a.m. to 5.45 a.m., join us for corporate prayer. Our call-in number is 716-427-1096. And the access code is 172268-POUND. Every Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m., Join us for Spread the Bread Bible Study as we dive into the Word of God. 
Subscribe to our podcast, YLM Sermon of the Week, on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. On behalf of our senior leaders, Apostle Willie Talbert, Apostle Mamie S. Talbert, Lead Pastor Steve Talbert, and the Yes Lord Ministries Church family, thank you for joining us and welcome home.